a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final segment of today's episode. It's been a pretty good one today so far, right? We've covered a lot of ground. We've spoken to a lot of fascinating people. We've revealed some wonderful information, including, uh, not sure if you've heard this yet, but the zoo, Hogel Zoo, is going to be open this Saturday. There are going to be some uh, some stipulations. You're going to need to wear a mask, and they're going to limit the number of people who are available to get or who who are able to get in there. Uh, but again, Hogel Zoo is going to be open. And if you're listening to Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news at about a quarter after three, you're going to hear a spokesperson from the zoo uh, detailing what they're doing and how uh, wonderful it is that they will be able to reopen their gates uh, and let folks come in and visit the animals once again. Uh, Also, before we get into this conversation, I want to ask for your help. I want to hear how your experience is going thus far with this new directive by Governor Gary Herbert uh, that we all wear masks if we are outside and unable to uh, observe good, proper social distancing, that when we go to the gas station or the grocery store or wherever we find ourselves out in public that we wear uh, a mask or a face covering if you wouldn't mind please tell me share with me some of your stories have you felt self-conscious have you seen uh, masks being worn in a funny way Uh, 57500 that's the utah community credit union text line i'd like to hear any any funny story you have uh, encountered thus far uh, as we have moved into this new era of uh, everybody wearing a mask i'll give you uh, my real quick story i was out running the other day and uh, and it started raining and i was on the road and i uh, stopped uh, under an underpass just to get out of the rain for a, a little bit. And under there uh, was a motorcycle rider. You, you see them sometimes when it's raining, they'll pull over uh, underneath the underpass to escape the rain. Well, he was under there, big Harley guy, leather everything, uh, helmet, had a face mask himself. And you know what he was doing? He was he was smoking a cigarette through his face mask, <laughs> which I think, I don't, I don't know, do those balance, does it, is that zero sum? Is there no harm done? I don't know. Uh, anyway, if you wouldn't mind, if you've got any kind of anecdotal story you've observed uh, in this new face mask era, 57500 Utah Community Credit Union text line, share that with me. Now, uh, we need to talk about a serious issue here. I, uh, I stepped in it the other day. I, I read this story uh, out of the Netherlands. Here are these two farms, uh, mink farms, and uh, one of these little creatures had contracted the coronavirus. They did testing. Uh, It turns out, yeah, it's it's a positive case. And so they they quarantined the farm uh, along with the employees there of that farm. And uh, if I'm... If I'm honest, out of ignorance, I did not realize that uh, here in the state of Utah, uh, mink farming was such a, a big business. And so what I did was I get on Facebook Live. I've been doing these each day on my Lee Lonsberry Facebook page. I'd be honored if you'd meet me over there some morning. I get on at about 10 o'clock each morning. I share a little bit of a preview of each day's program. You and I have a chance to go back and forth a little bit. Uh, It's like the warm-up act. (laughs) I get to test out my material on folks there on Facebook, and I'd love it if you'd be a part of that, Lee Lonsberry on Facebook. So I'm telling the story of these uh, two Dutch farms that get shut down, and I started making some jokes. 
Now, I don't want to repeat them because I drew the ire of all uh, of the folks in the mink farming industry. Uh, they sent me notes and text messages. I got a few phone calls, and I realized, oh, shoot, Lee, uh, you really started joking about something uh, about which you knew very, very little. And so I thought, well, you know what? I got to be honest with folks. And I, one of the promises I made when I started this program was uh, I was going to learn things together with you, that uh, you and I were going to teach each other things. And if I ever stepped in it, uh, that I would make things right uh, in full and open daylight. So uh, I'm going to take the opportunity here uh, for the rest of today's program uh, to speak to an expert on the matter. Clayton Beckstead is from the Utah Farm Bureau. Uh, you know those guys. We speak to Ron and Wade all the time. Wonderful organization. Uh, another gentleman from that organization, Clayton Beckstead, a mink farmer himself of many generations, uh, joins us now to educate me on uh, not only the scope of mink farming here in the state of Utah, but also another thing about which I was unaware, the real impact that this coronavirus has had on this uh, on this industry, an industry which is made up uh, really uh, by families. Each one of these farms uh, is pretty much a family business. So, uh, Clayton, uh, let me just first off uh, start out by saying uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I ignorantly made a few little jokes on Facebook. And uh, and please, if you'll forgive me, uh, share with me the the story of your industry here in Utah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate uh, you reaching out and taking the time to kind of get to know our industry a little bit, uh, first and foremost. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I think there's a little bit of a misconception going around um, concerning the mink farming. Um, man, it, it, this coronavirus has just been detrimental to our industry. Um, majority of, of our product goes overseas to China, and so with all the travel restrictions and, and the lockdowns taking place, we haven't been able to sell any of our product. And so, um, I mean, you can imagine what that's done to the fur industry economically, you know, and, and, and these family farms are being impacted um, in a big, big way. How big is the industry here? I, I, I had learned the other day there were 60-some-odd farms. How accurate is that? And geographically, how spread out are you throughout the state? So, with, yeah, there's there's around 65 farms in Utah, and they range from up north. Uh, a lot of the farms are up in North Cache Valley area and go as far down south as uh, Mona. They, there used to be a farm in um, Richfield, but they're no longer in business. And so Mona is the furthest south farm at this point. And, uh, and for the most part, you say your, your exporters uh, send in your, your product off to China. Are you able to stockpile or anything? Is there, is there any hope that once the, once the dam breaks, once we are through this storm, that you'll be able to ma- be made whole? Or, or, or what, uh, how are you weathering the storm? Well, right now we can't. We've, we've tried to do some virtual um, auctions. Haven't had, seen a ton of success with that just because the buyers can't come and inspect the goods. And so it's pretty difficult to buy something that you can't touch and feel and see and, and you know, be comfortable with purchasing that. And so um, it's created some real issues that we're trying to work through. You know, we're trying to maybe get product out to their countries, but, you know, just lack of time and, and, and things right now. We, I mean, we just couldn't – we weren't prepared for such a pandemic, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, right now, yeah, that we're just kind of hanging tight, sitting on the product and – uh, trying, trying to see, you know, if they're going to start letting people travel a little bit, trying to push the sell dates back, um, yeah. things of that nature. Y- anything in the CARES Act uh, of help to you folks? Uh, at, at the exact moment, no. We're, we're, they're definitely hearing from the fur industry. We're trying to get fur on that list along with uh, many other 
Utah agricultural products um, that are being impacted. The, the CARES Act, um, you know, a, a real high percentage of the ag products in Utah isn't covered by the CARES Act, and so mm. we're trying to, to reach out and help out some of these other farms in Utah that have been impacted. Uh, time is real tight. Going to have to say goodbye in just a moment. But you, sir, am I correct? You're a fifth-generation farmer? Uh, yeah, fourth generation. Fourth. Is, is that the case for, for most of the farms here in Utah, that there are businesses that have been handed down from generation to generation? Yes, sir, definitely. It's definitely, you know, something that runs deep in, in every single family farm. You know, these mink farms are definitely family-operated and run, you know, multiple generations like that, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, i got to say goodbye, but uh, Mr. Beckstead, uh, Clayton, sir, I'm grateful to you for coming on, setting me straight, getting me a little bit smarter on your industry. I wish you the best of luck. Again, my guest has been Clayton Beckstead with the Utah Farm Bureau, uh, a mink uh, farmer himself of, of four generations, uh, and his industry has been feeling the impact of this coronavirus pretty heavily. That's going to do it for today's episode of Live Mike. Thank you for tuning in tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock a.m. I'll be on Facebook Live if you want to join me there, and then I'll be back here on the radio at 1 o'clock. Next up, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News.